Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Here we are at midweek. Hope you're having a good week. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Of course, uh, the House working on farm bill amendments. We're getting closer to a vote. We'll get you up to date on that. Meanwhile, EPA Administrator Pruitt on the hot seat again today, appearing before a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee. And, of course, uh, we're still watching uh, the NAFTA talks and seeing if anything uh, breaks there or not. We're going to talk about these topics today with former Secretary of Agriculture and former Nebraska Senator Mike Johans, also the Vice President of Public Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dale Moore will be joining us a bit later. The latest on the RFS and renewable fuels with Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol, will be joining us later in the program as well. But right now, we start off with the latest on the farm bill and joining us from AgriPulse Communications, Philip Brasher. Phil, thanks for joining us. So we're kind of getting through the amendment process. Bring us up to date. Where are we? We are. Well, uh, last night, actually, the House Rules Committee, that's the arm of the, basically the arm of the leadership that decides what amendments get debated on the floor, uh, they approved the first of two rules um, for for amendments, basically the first tranche of amendments uh, that will get debated. These are the least controversial. There's 20 of them. They are, in, some, in, in many cases, fairly local, uh, deal with fairly local issues. Uh, the House will actually have to approve that rule uh, this afternoon and then uh, in the debate on, on these amendments. The, the committee, the Rules Committee, meets this afternoon at 3 o'clock to take up the second rule, to take up the second tranche of amendments, and these are the, these are the most controversial. These are things, uh, these are amendments that would roll back the sugar program. Uh, there are uh, half a dozen amendments, actually more than that, that would cut crop insurance in various ways. There are amendments uh, going after uh, the commodity payment limits as well. The Rules Committee will meet this afternoon to uh, again decide which one of those get debated on the floor. So Chairman Conaway has to walk this line. He wants to have an open process for debate, but on the other hand, protect things like uh, crop insurance and not let this whole bill get uh, derailed by one of a uh, very controversial amendment. Yes, and it's very tricky. And it's important to know that he is working, the leadership is working with him, and that includes Rules Committee Chairman uh, Pete Sessions, uh, fellow Texan of uh, Conaway's, although from Dallas. Uh, Talked to uh, Chairman Sessions last night uh, while the, uh, the, the committee was on a break, and he was very clear at how he sees this and how the leadership sees this bill and sees the amendment. He said, uh, you have to make the big thing the big thing, and the big, the big deal is the reforms to food stamps. That's what they've got to protect. And, and, his, and Sessions is made uh, clear that he's determined to do that. That means that they will, as far as possible, try to protect the bill from amendments that would undermine support for it on final passage and in the leadership's view, and Chair McConaughey's view, that includes these amendments on, on sugar and uh, crop insurance. So it's you know, it's, it's a very it's a very tricky uh, 
uh, uh, process. When you're when you're only working pretty much with Republican um, your fellow Republicans on final passage. And along those lines, you... yeah. Along those lines, President Trump has come out in support of the House Farm Bill. Meanwhile, we're also hearing there's some. Uh, negotiating, maybe a little horse trading going on in the background. Uh, members of the Freedom Caucus maybe uh, offering their votes if they get some things on immigration, some things like that going on. Oh yeah, and this is this is a bill that the leadership really wants. The House it's a top priority for House Speaker Paul Ryan uh, and the rest of the leadership. Uh, so if you are you are a rank and file member. This is your chance to get something out of the leadership. And so uh, separate from the farm bill, there has been an effort to bring up a a bill to uh, legalize the Dreamers. Um, The conservatives and Freedom Caucus are pushing back against that, trying to head that off. And it appears that part of their strategy is trying to get a vote on a, on a, a, a conservative immigration bill that's coming out of the Judiciary Committee. And so they're using the farm bill. They're using their farm bill vote as leverage. So this is where it gets tricky, and you have to watch it closely. And I, I know, I know you follow this uh, extremely closely as you're uh, covering it. But uh, these side deals, I mean, uh, important issues, but they they start taking you further from the actual farm bill. But they all related when it comes to getting votes. Yeah, there's even you know there've been the rumors that. Uh, that the leadership was maybe offering an increase in uh, cuts in, in, in federal spending and what's called a, the rescissions package to come out of the uh, come out of the White House. This is completely separate from the farm bill. Uh, you know, it's possible that's in play. Uh, there was this back and forth yesterday on the sugar amendment and whether it might be considered as a separate bill and not and not be part of the. Uh, not be made part of the farm bill. So there's there is so much horse trading uh, that's been going on this week, and it it for the farm groups it's, it creates some difficulty too because they don't don't know exactly what, for example, what amendment on crop insurance is going to be on the floor. Uh, so a lot of a lot of uncertainty uh, in in, in hand wringing <laughs> here at DC over the last over the uh, last few days as we had, get to this floor debate on uh, starting today and going through Thursday and uh, Friday. Yeah, the attention's been on the food stamps, but there are a lot of other important issues, and these amendments are very critical to all this, so we have to watch this very closely. So kind of, you just you just alluded to it, kind of lay out the schedule now, and all this is subject to change, obviously, but if all goes according to plan, when would the actual vote on the floor take place on the farm bill? Right now, yeah, right now we're looking at a final vote on Friday. Uh, big thing today is the rules committee deciding which amendments get uh, debated, which of the most controversial amendments get debated. That will take place primarily tomorrow into Friday. We have the the final vote, uh, vote for final passage on Friday. Would that be Friday morning or Friday afternoon? They usually like to get out of town as early as they can they on Fridays. Do, they do. I, they rarely do they go much past uh, noon uh, or, or the lunch lunch hour i i could very well see uh depending on how many amendments they have left for friday morning i could very much see this going into the very early afternoon hours but uh, you're exactly right rarely does the house uh, go go deep into the into friday afternoon 
And when that, whenever that vote is scheduled and how long it takes kind of gives us an indication of where they're at as far as uh, having the votes that uh, they need to get it passed. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out this week. Phil, thank you. We'll stay in touch exactly. with you. Thanks okay. for all, all right. Thanks for all okay. your good reporting. All right. Philip Rasher with AgriPulse Communications, and he is covering the, this farm bill. And it's going to be interesting to see how this, these amendments shake out and watching very closely uh, the one – uh, the ones on crop insurance and also on the sugar program. Those could be key as a jockey for position, jockey for votes in this uh, whole process. Well, someone who has uh, seen all this play out many times before and has participated, Mike Johans, past Secretary of Agriculture, past Senator from uh, Nebraska, will join us next. We'll get his thoughts and perspective on the farm bill and on the trade issues. That's coming up next on Adams on Agriculture. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code FARM11. All right, guys. We're ready for our four season sunroom and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no. We'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym. My gym. Hey. Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no. Wait. A family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. 
Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, we just had a report on the amendment process that's going on and how this is going to play out and perhaps a vote coming up on Friday on the House floor on the Farm Bill. But there's a lot to get done between now and then. Someone who's been through these before in various roles, former Secretary of Agriculture and former Senator from Nebraska, Mike Johans, joins us. Mr. Secretary, good to talk with you again. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, likewise. How have you been? Very good. Hey, what's this like when you get down to you're going through these amendments and you you're you're trying to get votes and there's that horse trading going on in the background and you, you know somebody says I'll vote for the farm bill if you'll support something else that I want. What's what's that like? Well, <clears throat> parts of it are chaotic. You know, you have uh, people kind of coming at you from all different directions and different amendments and different ideas and. Um, you know, all of a sudden an amendment pops up that can change the whole direction of the debate, change the direction of the farm bill. So uh, this is a time when everybody's burning the midnight oil because there's not enough hours in the day to get through what you need to get through. So we focused a lot on the food stamps, and I'll ask you about that in a moment. But now we're hearing more and more about the possibility of amendments that would uh, uh change crop insurance or or substantially change the sugar program ending production limits in the sugar program all kinds of things going on uh these are very controversial and could really uh sink the bill here at the at the last minute yeah the farm groups have weighed in on all of these uh, amendments attacking uh farm programs and they're saying vote against them and for good good reason Here's what's going on. You you definitely have a, a very conservative group of House members who are getting word from uh, the conservative associations out there saying, let's get the sugar program or uh, let's change how farm uh, crop insurance is done. So they sponsor the amendment. Um, I'll, I'll give you a good example of how dicey this can be. The sugar program has been under attack for a lot of years. Crop insurance has been too, but the sugar program uh, comes to mind immediately. And uh, this may survive, but I will tell you this, Mike, it's going to be a close vote on on that program. Once the farm bill starts to unravel, then it seems like everything unravels and you can't get it across the finish line. So that's why you see 300 farm groups joining forces and saying, look, you know, Uh, This may not be perfect, but we've got to get a farm bill done. So these amendments are troubling, concerning, and like I said, uh, once the farm bill starts to unravel, uh, it can come to a screeching halt and it wouldn't get out of the House. Now, over in your former chamber, though, on the Senate side, Senate Ag Committee Chair Pat Roberts uh, says that he and Ranking Member Stabenow may be able to announce the date of a farm bill markup in their chamber as soon as next week and said again that it would be a bipartisan affair. Now, he's made it clear they're not going to follow the same path on the nutrition title as the House uh, is going because he wants to get the bill passed and he wants uh, Democratic votes. So uh, how do you see this playing out? Just two very different approaches to the nutrition title, which is 80 percent of the farm bill. 
Yeah, here's how it's going to play out. At the end of the day, you need uh, you need a bill that can pass uh, both both the House and the Senate. The House bill will, will not pass in the Senate. Now, somebody may call you up and say, "What's Johan saying? These are great ideas. We need to change food stamps." I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I'm just being very realistic about this. The House bill will not pass in the Senate. So the Senate will pass a different bill. Pat Roberts is, exa- is saying exactly uh, what has to happen to get this bill done. It's got to be bipartisan. You need 60 votes in the Senate. That means you need to pick up some Democrats. You're not going to do it with the House bill. So it will be a piece of legislation that will be a compromise uh, between House and Senate Democrats. Uh, then what happens potentially if you can get a House bill and a Senate bill is potentially then it goes to conference and that's when the real arm wrestling begins and you try to fashion a bill that can get out of conference committee and get passed by both the House and the Senate. And that's the only chance that a, a farm bill gets done in 2018. If that doesn't happen, then it will be 2019 or later before a farm bill is, uh, finally reaches the finish line. Yeah, there are a lot of ifs that have to work out just right to get it done this year still. And what if, here's a big if, what if this thing falls apart in the House and they can't get it passed there? How, how far back does that set things? It sets things back dramatically because then the question is, um, uh, for Mike Conaway, and it's a tough question, do you go to the Democrats and try to negotiate a bill? Uh, do you do you do things uh, to satisfy very conservative members in the House, um, knowing that that can't get done in the Senate? I mean, it's uh, he he will have some sleepless nights over this one. And at the end of the day, though, I will tell you the only bill that's going to pass is a bill that gets bipartisan support. It's the way it's always had to be with farm bills. This one isn't going to be any different. Um, somehow, some way, they're going to have to reach agreement and move a bill that's a bipartisan bill. You know, if this doesn't pass now, this say this week in the House, it would be hard, I would think, to go to the Democrats and say, "Let's now let's start working together." They're probably going to say, "Let's wait till after those midterm elections and see if maybe we have uh, uh, more say in how this is going to go." Well, you've been around the block a few times, too, and you know how that works. Uh, um, This is just too tempting for Democrats to go out there in the elections and say, look, I wanted to get a a farm bill done, but my opponent didn't, and, you know, off you go. And Mm -hmm. that's an argument that would get made, so the temptation is, okay, let's fight it out after the election. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. We have a long ways to go. We're talking with former Ag Secretary, former Senator Mike Johans. Meanwhile, on NAFTA, um, there was kind of this deadline set for this week, tomorrow, by uh, House Speaker Ryan. Needed to have this thing in front of Congress so they could vote on it, uh, get it done this year. It doesn't look like that's very likely. Uh, very, very unlikely. It would it would take an 11th hour and 59-minute agreement. Um, it seems unlikely that that would happen. There are certain timelines that are built into uh, getting a, a, a new NAFTA agreement passed in the House. And so uh, Speaker Ryan is just saying what the law is. And uh, so this is really a situation where if it doesn't get 
compromise this week, then it's just not going to get through the House in 2018. doesn't mean it won't get through in 2019, and it doesn't mean it wouldn't be a positive sign. If, if tomorrow or the next day or sometime two weeks from now there was an announcement that an agreement had been reached, that would be viewed very, very positively in farm country and, and by the marketplace for that matter. But there is a point here this week where they just run out of time to get it over the finish line uh, in the House. Meanwhile, we continue to watch for talks between the U.S. and China, and it certainly has great impact on on agriculture. When you were Secretary of Agriculture, when those kind of things were going on between the administration and another country, a key market for U.S. ag producers, what was your role in that, in those talks? You know, very, very fortunately, uh, at USTR, I had... Rob Portman and then Susan Schwab, and uh, they wanted me at the table. Uh, And what that meant is wherever they were negotiating, I was sitting next to them, whether it was China, Geneva, Russia, wherever. Uh, So uh, agriculture was always front front and center. But I think that's the case now. Sonny Perdue has had a lot of influence, and I think he will continue to have a lot of influence in these trade discussions. The Trump administration, and I think the president specifically, really understands the impact that they're having in ag country. You know, you look at the the charge on sorghum, pretty well shut that market down in China. You look at what they're doing to soybeans, you look at the increased inspections. They know the stakes are high in farm country, and they want to try to figure this out. So I really do believe that there's a, a good faith, concerted effort going on. Uh, to try to reach agreement with China. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm the eternal optimist, but I'm optimistic about China and NAFTA just because the stakes are so darn high in parts of the country that are very, very important to President Trump. Well, we hope your optimism is uh, rewarded and that they get this settled here very soon. Good to talk with you again, sir. Take care. Always a pleasure. Take care. All right. Former Secretary of Agriculture, former Nebraska Senator Mike Johans was his thoughts on trade and uh, the farm bill. Well, the RFS is still in there as far as a big topic, waiting for more direction from the White House. uh, What's going to happen uh, with the E15 and with these waivers? We're going to talk with Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. That is coming up next here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable Bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information, and then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. 
That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. In the grain and oil seed sector, we've got a mix, seeing advances in wheat futures near unchanged in corn and losses in soybean futures. Yesterday, prices for corn approaching a two-year high as traders responded to production difficulties in countries including Brazil, which has struggled with dry weather in its corn belt for the second crop. Government forecasters last week suggested that global corn supplies would fall sharply in the coming crop year, helping to ease a multi-year glut. In corn, we have fractional changes. July hovering near 402.5, an hour into the trading day. A short-term daily corn top and major resistance point forming at 408 and a quarter on May 4th. For soybeans, July down 13 and a quarter, 10.05 and a half. July soybeans have stabilized just above minor support at 10.01 and three quarters. On the upside, first resistance lies at the 10-day moving average at 10.23 and three quarters. For the wheats, we're trending two to three and a fraction higher in Chicago, three to four and a fraction higher Kansas City. Minneapolis spring wheat trending a nickel, nickel and a fraction higher. For livestock at the Merck in cattle futures, we've got an early mix in live cattle. June up 20 cents at 103.17. Prices starting the week sharply lower. Some early sales for cash taking place on Tuesday. Feed yards in Nebraska and Kansas selling cattle for 116 per hundredweight, $6 below last week's weighted average. In feeder cattle, we're trending in a mix. August contract down 57, 137.87. Lean hogs, June up a dime at 74.82. The Dow up 28, crude down 56. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, we mentioned that EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt today, kind of on the hot seat again in front of a Senate uh, subcommittee. Seems like he spends a lot of time on the uh, hot seat. And uh, a lot of that has to do with the renewable fuels and the RFS. We'll talk about that now with the CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol, Brian Jennings. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, Mike, I'm doing really well, and I have to say, I love the intro of Give Me Three Steps from Leonard Skinner, so hats off to you or your producers. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, our producer's doing good good work on that. Thank you. All right, um, we're waiting 
to see what's going to happen. Let's start on the positive. We th- we think we're going to get E15 sales year-round. We just don't know when, how long that's going to take. Is it going to be challenged in court? How do you see this playing out? Yeah, I think you're right. We need to focus on the positives here. And breaking down what we think we know transpired um, a little more than a week ago in the White House, which has been characterized as the final meeting, on E15 year-round, we've heard the president now during the campaign and a couple of times this year say he wants to allow E15 year-round, which requires a proposed rule to update the um, antiquated reed vapor pressure rule, which limits the availability of E15 in most of the geographic um, United States in the summer months. So starting June 1, if this issue isn't addressed, most stations will have to either pull E15 from their product offerings or label, relabel E15 for flex fuel vehicles only. That makes no sense. E15 is approved for 90% of the cars on the road. It has better, fewer, less evaporative emissions than straight gasoline does, than E10 does. This is something we need to have happen. Um, we know EPA has the legal authority to do this but we believe that they will want to go through a rulemaking and a comment period, Mike, um, and that will require some time. And so the question you asked is, will EPA and the Trump administration allow E15 to be sold this summer while this rule is being worked on? That's what we've asked of the administration. Um, 18 U.S. senators have written EPA and asked for the same thing. And so we're really waiting on, um, you know, sort of the, the final decision from them. Will this be litigated? Perhaps it will when the final rule is issued. But we feel very strongly, and we've met with EPA lawyers on this, that they have legally justifiable, legally defensible ways to um, attach RVP relief to E15. So we're hopeful Frankly, that's the only issue that's ripe here, in our opinion, so we're hopeful that the administration moves forward on it. So there is a chance that the waiver could take effect this summer. Here we are mid-May, so we're very close to that June 1st deadline, and here we've kind of been thinking, well, it's going to take at least till next year to get done. But if the administration, they ha- they can step in and say, while we're going through the, the rulemaking and getting it all settled, we could go ahead and allow it this summer anyway? They can. There are two ways that um, I know for a fact they can do this. One is to issue something called an interim final rule, which is sort of jump-starting jump all the way to the final rule and just saying we're going to allow this and then backtracking and taking public comment on it. That probably will um, make the refiners very angry, so I don't think that's what the administration will do. So my my best guess here, based on the conversations we've had, is that the administration will come out and say, we're going to propose a rule to allow E15 use year-round by updating RVP. While we are working on the rule, we are going to allow retailers to sell E15 this summer. I think that's how they're going to handle it. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So that there's still hope for it to get done this year. So we'll be watching that closely. We're talking with the CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol, Brian Jennings. All right, Brian, then on the not-so-positive side, this whole idea of uh, RINs for exports for ethanol, and a lot of concern about that. A lot of concern about that. In fact, Mike, when you take 
the good and the bad together and you analyze this, it's our opinion that the, the bad of attaching RINs to exports of renewable fuel cancels out, and then some, unfortunately, any of the good, any of the benefit we would get from allowing E15 to be sold year-round. And here's why. Selling E15 year-round is going to increase ethanol use by um, a few hundred million gallons, which is great, and we're going in the right direction. But exports has been a bright spot for this industry. We exported 1.4, nearly 1.4 billion gallons of ethanol to dozens of countries last year. Thank goodness other countries have wanted more of our product while we've had trouble using more of it here at home. If Iran is attached to all of those exports of ethanol, that's going to create another glut of these RINs on the marketplace. It will drive down the price of RINs, and it will result in demand destruction similar to that, Mike, of what we've seen with these small refinery waivers. And the other issue that's obviously very concerning to us is that our trade partners are going to look at a 30-cent RIN attached to um, exported ethanol as an export subsidy. And so we're going, we already find ourselves tangled up in quite a few trade disputes right now. This would add fuel to that fire and I think really jeopardize our export market opportunities. And so we're trying desperately to get the administration to sort of separate the good from the bad in, in the contours of this deal they're talking about. Um, and, and apply the brakes on this because it, it, the export rent issue has um, a whole host of problems. Yeah, we heard from Tom Slate, president and CEO of the U.S. Grains Council yesterday. He told us that other countries are already asking them, you know, where's this coming from? Is this your idea? What, what, you know, they, they, the red flags are up already. Absolutely, and it's the last, it's, it's the worst possible message we could send to those countries. Countries are looking at U.S. ethanol for a variety of reasons, primarily because we're the low-cost source of, of octane. Um, but there's, there are other reasons. Countries want to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Um, U.S. ethanol is the go-to source. But if we attach this RIN credit to these exports, it, it probably violates the law, Mike, because the RFS calls for increasing the use of renewable fuels within the United States. But it also is going to set off a whole series of trade disputes that, that we really cannot afford right now. You know, through this multi-year process of, of these challenges and, and criticisms of the RFS, you just touched on why this, is, this piece of legislation is working if left alone the, the intent of it was to promote uh, the, the domestic uh, renewable fuels industry, and people seem to keep losing sight of that. You know, you, you really hit on something that I, I agree with. I think we get wound up in, was this the sixth or seventh White House meeting, and what's going to happen next? The purpose of the law is to ensure that consumers have access to something other than petroleum. And the reason we have an RFS is that the market structure of fuel blending is such that the, the refiners control 80 to 85 percent of that market. 
And so in order for a competitive product like renewable fuels to have a place in the market, the RFS is a mechanism whereby we can also make our fuel available to consumers. That's really it. And all we're asking, whether it's Obama or Trump, and we've had trouble with both, is for the the spirit and the letter of the law to be adhered to. Um, I understand refiners want to sort of relitigate this because they're, they're upset that the, the RFS was enacted in the first place, but um, we're not going to relitigate it. It's the law of the land, and we're simply asking for it to be carried out. And that's another good point. It, it goes beyond parties. I mean, there have been issues with both parties on this, whoever's in the White House. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing challenge. I always say I think it just bothers people in Washington. They're not used to legislation working and working so well, and they just can't, <laughs> they can't wrap their minds around that. Hey, one final question. Do you think we're going to see a change uh, at EPA uh, towards these granting of these waivers moving forward? Well, that was the final topic that was discussed in the meeting last week in the White House, and there seems to be some confusion over how that's going to be handled. And so I know Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst walked out of that meeting feeling like the president instructed EPA to figure out how to reallocate the waived volumes from these small refiner waivers to the, the remaining refiners, which in fact is what the law requires EPA to do. Um, there are other reports that maybe that wasn't quite what the message was. And so we're trying to get our, our um, arms wrapped around that, Mike. I think eventually it could happen, and we may see some signal from EPA as soon as the end of the month when they release the proposed 2019 volumes. They could propose attaching or increasing those volumes for 2019 based on the waivers that they granted for 2016 and 2017, and so that'll be something to look for. Yeah, we'll be watching for that for sure. Always good to talk with you, Brian. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. So we're still waiting for more information on uh, E15. We're waiting for those uh, levels for 2019 from EPA. What are they going to do? Are they going to go back try to fix some things, as he said, uh, missed uh, lost of gallons in the past it's going to be interesting to see where we go with this and what their policy is going to be moving forward uh, on the granting of the waivers all right coming up next we get back to this farm bill situation what is at stake this week in the house with this farm bill we're going to talk with dale moore vice president public affairs for the american farm bureau federation next on aoa adams on agriculture If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. 
And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by common ground alliance what if you had a medical emergency away from home what you need is mobile help america's premier mobile medical alert system most systems only work at home but with mobile help you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button i press the button and lo and behold the emergency came within minutes mobile help did save my life no question about that Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant, and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your planned purchase. Remember, Mobile Help keeps you safe coast-to-coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free Mobile Help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Around 3500 BC, someone used basic tools and slabs of wood to invent the wheel. Genius. In 1879, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Genius. In 1899, a Norwegian with degrees in electronics, science, and mathematics invented the paperclip. Genius. There's genius, and then there's pure genius. At BASF, that's what drove us to develop Ingenia Herbicide, our most advanced dicamba formulation ever for dicamba-tolerant cotton and soybeans. It gives you a low-volatility solution at the lowest dicamba use rate ever offered, providing an additional site of action to outsmart the toughest weeds, even the glyphosate-resistant ones. 
grow smart with Angenia Herbicide from BASF, a flexible solution that's pure genius. Talk to your representative today. Learn more at AngeniaHerbicide.com. BASF, we create chemistry. Angenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label directions. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so as we've been talking, there's a lot on the line here this week in this House Farm Bill debate as we wait to see what amendments uh, are going to be allowed and how the votes will go. Not just nutrition title, but we're talking about what's going to happen with sugar program and crop insurance. Let's talk about it with Dale Moore, Vice President, Public Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dale, thanks for joining us. There really is a lot on the line this week. Mike, uh, thank you so much for uh, having me on and uh, giving me a chance just to to share with uh, all of your listeners just uh, how important it is that we get this Farm Bill uh, done this week on the House floor, setting the stage for the Senate Ag Committee, which we've heard from uh, Chairman Roberts and uh, Ranking Member Stabenow on the Senate side, that they plan uh, to start moving uh, as early as the tail end of this week, uh, if not next week, relative to their own work on their version of the farm bill so getting this farm bill done and getting it done right uh, is top priority this week so we'd heard up till now that maybe uh, farmers uh, weren't too uh, excited about this farm bill uh, that most of the attention was on the nutrition title while important uh, it didn't it didn't ring uh, as urgently with many in the ag community as it does when you start talking crop insurance and for some the sugar program well now those two programs are in play here so that ought to get people's attention well one thing i can tell you mike at least uh, based on what we're hearing from from our members out across the country they have been very diligent in, in you know contacting their house members and talking to the men and women that they uh, elected to represent them up on capitol hill and it's very clear they understand uh, you know some of the challenges that coming out of the committee uh, that are getting sorted out or will get sorted out uh, through this floor markup in the, in the full house. But one of the things that's pretty clear, they they certainly understand how important it is, we understand how important it is uh, to not only get the, the farm bill done and, and sort through the, you know, the, the final passage as it tends to get referred to, but some of these, uh, you know, really tough amendments that could have a, a very negative impact on, on farmers and ranchers in different parts of the country We've got to make sure that uh, we've got the votes to, to push those down. And as we talked earlier with uh, former Secretary, former Senator Mike Johans, uh, it's going to be hard enough to get a farm bill done this year. But if it if they can't get this passed here this week uh, on, on the House floor, then that really sets it back a lot further. Well, that's, that is for certain. That's one of the things, you know, we saw that in the last farm bill when uh, we had a couple of hiccups uh, uh, not to under- underplay how big an impact it had but uh you know it was june of 2013 when uh, chairman frank lucas brought his farm bill to the house floor and and uh, ran into some issues so we had to you know back up and it, it took another two or three months just to get the, the wheels rolling again so this is one where we are very very focused on making sure that uh we're working working the members up on the hill uh as diligently and as as you know, straightforwardly as we can to make sure they understand the importance of getting this farm bill done. Uh, same time, working on some of those amendments that we have yet to see, as you mentioned uh, right at the top, trying to understand what amendments are going to be put on the table that uh, can have a negative impact on farmers and ranchers and, and possibly even the rural communities out there. 
so it's going to be uh, you know some some tough voting going on. But again, uh, got to have confidence confidence when you go into a you know a tough debate like this on the House floor. And I, I look at the fact you know we've we've got a lot of support from leadership uh, in the House. Speaker Ryan you know gave HR two to the Farm Bill, and that that sends a pretty clear signal to uh, the House of Representatives that uh, you know his. H.R. 1 was the tax reform package. H.R. 2 is the farm bill. I think that uh, tells folks not only on the Hill but all over town and around the country just how important it is to the speaker to get this bill done right. I think we should point out that wanting the House bill to pass doesn't mean you necessarily agree with everything that's in it. You fully realize this is a big step in the process towards a final bill, and the final bill will not be uh, exactly what uh, this House bill is. Well, and that's one of the processes, you know, again, and, and we've heard both Chairman Conaway uh, from the House Ag Committee, Chairman Roberts, Senate Ag Committee, talk about uh, the fact that they recognize, uh, for example, you know, when Chairman Roberts has recognized that the House has some provisions in there on, on the nutrition title that uh, would be a lot more troublesome in, in his efforts to round up the necessary votes in the Senate and vice versa. So when, you know, the two leaders of uh, the two committees are working together, uh, they not only have their eye on the ball of getting, uh, in this case, Chairman Conaway getting the, the bill done on the House floor and then, uh, you know, working with and waiting for the Senate to do likewise so that he and Chairman Roberts and their respective committees can sit down and work out those differences. Because, as as you noted, there are surely going to be differences. But the one thing that, uh, you know, we, we celebrate uh, time and again when the farm bill is going through the process However big those differences are, uh, we take a lot of confidence not only in the expertise and the leadership experience uh, of the leaders on both sides of the aisle, both sides of the hill relative to a farm bill, but the fact that, uh, you know, they've been through this before, and they know that at the bottom line, uh, you know, they're pretty much working on the same framework uh, to help farmers and ranchers, rural communities, uh, and uh, folks, you know, who are in need that uh, benefit from the programs in the nutrition title. Okay, which gets done first, Farm Bill or NAFTA? Uh, I believe the Farm Bill is going to get done first, uh, and that's mostly because I think, you know, the process and the order uh, does not require negotiating with Canada or Mexico in order to, uh, to achieve the ends here. So uh, right now my money is on the Farm Bill uh, getting to the finish line before we get all the I's dotted, T's crossed on the NAFTA process. Of course, either one has to pass in Congress, and that's going to be tough. Uh, it's tough, uh, but as I learned a long time ago, you know, if this process was easy, uh, if our founding fathers had meant for it to be easy uh, and a quiet kind of process, uh, a lot of us wouldn't have a job and, and you wouldn't have much to report on. So I take great confidence in the fact that uh, our founding fathers had a pretty good idea that, that a noisy and sometimes uh, raucous kind of process uh, is exactly what they intended. And uh, I think as we've seen over the past uh, few Congresses, uh, I think our founding fathers uh, put it together in a way that uh, maybe is a little more raucous than they intended, but we're certainly yeah. uh, getting things out there for a good hearing. I was going to say, maybe the process is what they intended, but I don't think some of the uh, the other things that are becoming part of it are what they intended or could <laughs> ever have been able to foresee what was coming. So we'll, well, we'll see I, what well, happens. Well, Mike, you're absolutely right, and I very much appreciate all the time and and attention you give us on this process. Well, we'll stay in touch, and uh, it's going to be an interesting few days, and we'll, we'll check back in with you. Thanks, Dale. Thank you, Mike. 
Dale Moore, Vice President, Public Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation. So it's a big week in the house on the Farm Bill. We'll keep you updated. Stay with us right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone. 